Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. This is Jake with Radio Underland. Man, having a good day today. A lot of stuff going on. Adele's all over my feed. Apparently she's transphobic. I'll get to that in a second. Along with a bunch of other stuff. What else do we have going on today? Hold on, let me look, let me look over my notes, my glorious notes, my half-assed notes. Let's see, I have a grade school counselor explains what she teaches her kids. That should be very informative, very informative. I have the New York mayor uh describing his plant-based centered life let's see oh oh this is good i i ran across this whole thread of conspiracy about joe rogan i don't know if you guys who listens to joe rogan uh he was in in recent interview with i forget the guy's name is a comedian uh joe was saying this is definitely a political attack on him and there's this whole conspiracy on twitter i'll get to it in a little bit and it goes through who posted the original 15 uh, or, or that that clip of, of Joe saying the N-word so many times? Who posted it? They're part of a super PAC Democratic media team that posted this. Um, I'll get to that whole cons- conspiracy in a little bit. Whether you believe it or not, I don't know, but it's pretty interesting. Um, I'm going to go through some COVID stories. Oh, I did on Reddit. I found this description of the worst fart ever that we definitely have to touch on. And let me see. What else do I have? Oh, this is a shocker. The head of a pedophile nonprofit surprisingly arrested again for, guess what, having child porn. And that's after he had already served some time for child porn. Uh, repeat offender. And he's the head of a pedophile nonprofit. Well, it was a nonprofit. They got their 501c3 yanked last year, but it was formerly a nonprofit. I'm going to get to all of this and more. But first, Adele. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me Let me kill this music. Let me get rid of this. All right, so Adele, I, I, I saw her popping up all over the place today, and I was a little curious of what what could poor little innocent, uh, you know, Adele be up to that's got her in so much hot water? Well, hold on, <clears throat> because I started reading things like this. All right, first off, let me go through what I was hearing about Adele. Okay, hold on, pull this up. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I saw these these quotes coming in on TikTok. And it was like, please, no, Adele can't be a turf, a staunch feminist. Uh, that was a performer named Jacob told us thousands of, t- of Twitter followers. Another Twitter uh, person was saying, who ha- who would have thought Adele was a transphobe and would use her platform to call for the destruction of the trans community, especially the confused teenagers? Now, that's a pretty bold statement, right? That's a pretty I'm, I'm assuming she must have said something outrageous to demand this kind of response. Who'd have thought Adele was a transphobe and would use her platform to call for the destruction of the trans community, especially the confused teenagers? Uh, Others on Twitter were complaining that they had lost a lot of respect for Adele and would no longer spend a cent on her music. So I'm, I'm reading all this. I'm like, oh, my God, what did Adele say? What what could she have possibly have said to get people this up in an uproar? Well, here's what she said. Well, the name of this award has changed, but I really love being a woman and being a female artist. I do. I do. I'm, re- I'm really proud of us. I really, really am. Thank you so much. Uh, hold on. Did, did I miss something? I mean, she just tore up the trans community and she's transphobic for saying this. Well, the name of this award has changed, but I really love being a woman and being a female artist. I do. 
I do. I'm, re- I'm really proud of us. I really, really am. Thank you so much. Huh? D- did I miss something here? Did I miss something here? So here from page six, they said Adele is being accused of transphobia for declaring at a woke gender neutral award show that she loves being a woman. The Rolling in the Deep singer made that re- the remark at Tuesday's Brit Awards as she collected the prize for Artist of the Year, a newly created category merging the old Best Male and Best Female Artist Awards. I understand why the name of this award has changed, but I really love being a woman and being a female artist. I do. I'm really proud of us. I really, really am. Despite support from the audience in London's huge O2 Arena, her comments quickly sparked outrage online, making her the latest high-profile figure accused of a TERF, or trans-exclusionary radical feminist. And please know Adele can't be a TERF, a staunch feminist. I already read that one. Who'd have thought that Adele was a transphobe and would use her platform? I already read that one. Uh, really going ballistic over Adele saying that she loves being a female. Now, I would have thought she would have been getting some trans support because I always thought that Adele was a transgender female and, um, you know, she was just confirming her identity as being a female, allegedly. I could be wrong on that. I don't know. She has some manly features. Somebody needs to measure the distance between her elbow to her wrist. But anyways, Adele, this is the situation that we live in where her saying that she loves being a woman is transphobic. Transphobic. And this is in page six. This isn't, you know, just some off off the wall, you know, uh, just it's out there. This is this is news today that Adele saying that she loves being a woman is transphobic. I guess that's the same as as if I said I love women, that would make me transphobic. If I said anything other, if I loved anything other than saying I love trans people, then I'm transphobic. That's what it's come to. That's the nonsense that we're dealing with right now. So Adele, uh, <laughs> I, I feel sorry for you. I, self, I feel sorry for you that you have to uh, put up with this nonsense just for simply uttering the words, I love being a woman. It's ridiculous. I teach my elementary school students about gender identity. Learning about gender identity helps children develop critical social emotional uh-huh. skills such as self-awareness, social awareness, and respect. I teach my students that there's a whole spectrum of gender identities and that everyone, whatever their gender, deserves love and respect. Some people are girls, some are boys, some are both, some are neither. Gender is all about how we feel on the inside and Wait how we express ourselves. The most important thing I teach my students is that it's our job to listen to and learn from people when they share with us who they are and that we need to use the name and the pronouns that people ask us to use when we refer to them. Here are some of the. Okay. Um, All right. All right. It's that the key line in there. The key line in there is gender is all about how we feel. Now. Let me tell a little story. Okay. I remember being 11, 10, 11 years old. I remember hanging out with my cousin and my cousin had a a little bit more vivid imagination than I did. And I remember that me, him, and another kid for a while there, our fantasy game that we would play where we use our imagination, you know, typically when you're growing up as a kid, uh, we would play army, we'd play army outside. We do all kinds of stuff like that, but I didn't identify as a soldier. Um, my cousin, we would do this thing where I think, what was it? What was it? Well, we were werewolves. We were werewolves. You know, that was the imaginary thing that we would do. 
we would go out there, we would howl at the moon and pretend that we were werewolves. And thank God, thank God I didn't have my peers uh, supporting me in a way where it's like, oh, you identify as a werewolf? Well, what, what are your werewolf pronouns? You know what I mean? I mean, they supported our fantasy, our, our, our adventure, using our imagination, playing out in the dirt, being werewolves, okay? I mean, that's – but – uh, what would have happened if I would have went to school and me and my cousin and his friend, we start saying that we're werewolves at school. And what if the the school just decided, well, okay, they're werewolves. Uh, what are their pronouns? We're going to support this. Uh, I might still be a werewolf today if that was the case. My name is Jake. I identify as a werewolf. My pronouns are he, him, how, you know, seriously. I think one of the biggest issues that I have with all of this is that when you're talking about grade school, especially young grade schoolers, they're, they're having a hard time wrapping their head around the basics, right? They're having a, a, a hard time wrapping their mind around the concept of male, female, the differences, what it means, what, what it, who they are. I mean, they're, they're having a hard time. They're supposed to be in grade school learning foundational knowledge and they need they need that found foundational knowledge of male and female okay and and to throw at them at the early stage when they're trying to build their learning foundation to grow from of male female bi pan wall this other stuff cat gender werewolf gender to throw all of this at them is confusing it's confusing. You have to build a foundation first, even if you want to expand later on to the other alternative genders that are out there. They need the foundation first of male and female. And you can't from an early age just lump all this. The same reason why we start with math, with basic addition and subtraction. You don't throw at a grade schooler math with addition, subtraction, calculus, geometry right off the bat. Because it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming, and then the kid can't make heads or tails of it. And I think my personal opinion is when we're talking about young grade schoolers, it's the same thing. It Male, female, male reproductive, female reproductive, if we're going to get into that, the basics need to be established, and they need to have a firm foundation before you start throwing the geometry and the calculus at them, the pansexual, trans all the other stuff, all the other 72, I'm sure it's way beyond 72 genders now, all that other stuff, it can wait. It can wait. There's a time and a place for everything. And I don't believe grade school is the time or the place for that. I don't believe that grade schoolers, other than the basics of maybe reproduction, I don't believe that they, they should even be exploring into sexual exploration at the grade school level. I'm a little question about about it at junior high. High schoolers, that's a different story. But my problem is, is the age. This teacher, this counselor, she's coming at grade school children. She's throwing all this stuff at them, throwing all these books, all these children's books that have, you know, all these different sexual identities. It's too much too early. Too much too early. Is that fair? Is that fair? I'm sure that makes me a turf or trans or term or whatever. It's, it's just too much. It's too much too early. That's it. That's what, that's what I have to say about it.
Well, on to Mayor Eric Adams out of New York. As many of you know, uh, they passed a new plant-based diet in the schools and the school cafeterias for students. Now, I'm all about kids eating healthier. I'm all about Americans eating healthier. I believe I should eat healthier, okay? That is absolutely 100% true. But the Mayor Eric Adams, here, let me just play you what he was saying when he was asked this question the other day. And then I want to I want to I want to talk about something. Here we go. You brought up your eating habits. I just want to clarify something. How often do you eat fish and do you eat any other animal proteins? I eat a plant based centered life. Some people want to call me vegan. Vegans eat Oreos and they drink Coca-Cola. I don't. I eat a plant based centered life. And those who are the food police for me. Uh, they can food police all the time. I eat a plant-based centered life. So you eat fish. I eat a plant-based centered life. And I'm not going down that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Please don't do that yelling out stuff with me. I don't do it to you. Don't do it to me. I eat a plant-based centered life. And I'm not going down this rabbit hole of what do you eat if you eat cake and it has eggs in it that you analyze it. I'm not doing that. The more plant-based you eat, the better and healthier you are. That is my question to those who are following me around in restaurants, wondering what, what I'm ordering. Listen, I'm not doing that. That's noise to me. I got to get New Yorkers to eat a plant-based scented life. See the key word right there. Hold on, let me rewind, rewind this real quick. Right here. Right here. Let me play this real quick. Listen, I'm not doing that. That's noise to me. I got to get New Yorkers to eat a plant-based scented life. I got to get New Yorkers to eat a plant-based centered life. Um, hold on. Let me, let me tell you something, buddy. Uh, you're the mayor of New York. You're not the food police. I understand your intentions of wanting people to eat healthy. I totally do. But as a politician, as a mayor, you don't got to get people to eat jack shit. And see, this is the problem. This is the problem we have in America. When you get people elected into positions like this and they want that control, Saying that I got to get New Yorkers to eat a plant-based diet, that is a statement of control, and that is what is wrong. Politicians are getting involved in things that are way beyond the spoke, scope of their elected position. Him saying that I've got to get New Yorkers to eat a plant-based or plant-focused whatever diet, that's way beyond the scope of what he was elected to do as mayor of New York. And the problem is... It's a lot of these micro things, you know, a lot of these micro things, they add up to something much larger and that type of control, that type of mentality from a politician of one of the, of America's largest city is out of line. And that's where we as Americans have to draw the line and he needs to be put in his place. Eric Adams, no, um, you can record, you can make recommendations, you can do all this stuff, but the, the mentality that you need, you have to get New Yorkers to eat a plant-based diet. What's he going to do? I mean, where does it end? Where does it begin? You know, what was it? A while back in L.A., they banned the sale of fur, you know, in New York. Are they going to push a ban where they're going to where they're going to ban the sale of certain meats because they're unhealthy? They're deemed unhealthy by the politicians. Hey, this is America, man. This is America. But it sure as fuck doesn't sound like it, does it? It sure doesn't sound like this whole thing. 
all these micros, all these micro things that get passed by these people, that get pushed by these people, just chops away at your individual choice and your individual freedoms as Americans. And Eric Adams, I'm sorry. I know you probably have good intentions, but this isn't your this isn't your fight. This isn't your fight to fight. Offering kids a balanced meal in the New York schools based on the USDA uh, pyramid of balanced food, you know, uh, that's that's something different. But imposing a plant-based diet to the New York schools, I don't know, man. We're jumping too far. This is where your personal choices. See, that's the thing. In America, we're supposed to have personal choices, right? In America, we're supposed to be the ones that decide what we eat, what we don't eat, what we have, all that other kind of stuff. I, the problem is, is we're letting politicians make these choices for us. And this has, this is not going to end well. It doesn't stop with a plant-based diet. You have to draw a line somewhere and stop the nonsense because these micromanagement of your life, of what you're putting in your mouth, the air that you breathe, all of these micromanagements are not American. They're just not. It's got to stop. It's got to stop somewhere. Where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? When you give up control, there's a lot of things that happen. And, and to put this in perspective, I was reading this thread the other day, and uh, who it's, it was Jesse Kelly on Twitter, at Jesse Kelly DC. He put up a thread, and what he, what he did was he asked the question, if you had something awful happen to you as a result of COVID restrictions, reply below. Going to read these on my radio show tonight. That was Jesse Kelly. And I was reading through some of these replies, and it is outrageous because this is what happens when politicians, elected officials have too much control over your life. At NFL News Rumors posted in a response to that question, he said, when my dad got COVID last year, the hospital only allowed us one visit for a few minutes. He struggled alone for two weeks and then died by himself. The last day, my mom had to watch him suffer for hours, knowing he was dying from outside the room. They wouldn't even let her in the room. They refused to let her in. Greg Price says, politicians who locked you down, closed your businesses, and kept your kids out of school did more damage to our country than the virus. I will never forgive them for what they did to our country. Yeah, that's that's legit too. Elliot Hamdeed says, Lost my dad to cancer in June of 2020 while everyone was hiding from their parents, only to turn on the TV and watch the peaceful protest of a man who got a gold casket and four funerals while my dad couldn't have more than 10 at his burial. A Bronze Star veteran, father of five. Mama Kay says the last six weeks of my mother's life was spent alone in a nursing home. I couldn't see her. She was bedridden and could no longer see. It was the worst phone call to get that she had passed away, and she didn't understand why I wasn't there all the time. Twitter user EnoughUp says, in spring 2020, my son, a sophomore in high school, couldn't handle the isolation. His brother, by the grace of God, walked in while he had a loaded gun to his head. He spent 10 days in a psych hospital. I will not forget what these people have done. Brian Stein says, despite having recovered from COVID in March 2020, I took the Pfizer vax in April 2021 to help lead a less restrictive life in New York. I've suffered from nerve damage in my hands, fingers, and ever since been, been to every doctor under the sun and no cure in sight. 
at Food Savers UK says, nothing compared to some of the sad stories here, but not being allowed to see my dad before he died and then not being allowed inside inside for the funeral because there were only 18 allowed in the church. So we had to listen to the service standing outside. I mean, you might say that's a small inconvenience. There's other stories in here of, you know, children, basically their senior year of high school sitting at a computer and sitting there for two years waiting for life to begin. And some people say, well, kids are resilient, etc. But these take a toll. These take a toll on kids. You know? Uh, not to mention all the stories here of, you know, people being pregnant, ultrasounds, husband not being able to be there. Uh, the saddest stories are the multiple stories of parents uh, dying and not being able to be visited by anyone. I know someone personally that their dad, you know, went into the hospital during this mess and nobody in the family, he was in there in ICU for weeks. Nobody could go in and see him. And, you know, this is, I understand COVID. I get it. I get it. But there has to be a line drawn for humanity. And a lot of this is coming from these politicians that think they really have control over your life to this degree. I understand COVID was bad. But you can't destroy everything over it. I mean, the, the, the attack that our economies hit, everything. Oh, and don't think I can't hear you yelling at your radio right now saying, Jake, you're missing the point. Those were those were measures, all these medical, all these hospitals, all these old people dying in the hospital, all that kind of stuff. Those were things that had to be done to, you know, prevent the spread of COVID virus. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, maybe they are. But what about the 34% of American small businesses that shut down due to COVID regulations when at the same time, Target, Best Buy, and Walmart were just busting through the seams because the government wasn't shutting them down. Why the discrepancy between how small businesses were treated and large businesses were treated during this whole COVID thing? Why was it okay to walk into Walmart, but you couldn't go into a mom and pop store? Those are things that are put in into place in control by the politicians that we elect. And that's where I'm talking about the micro, the micro, uh, uh, rulings of these politicians comes in and starts screwing up the the whole American economy. 34%, 34% of small businesses shut down. And, you know, Target, Best Buy, Walmart, you could name the other ones, grocery stores. They, 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 they killed during COVID. And that was all due to regulations. So the regulators, the politicians, the, the little stuff that they put in place, better watch it. They're fucking with your freedom. Now, on a darker, even more serious note, I found this thread from Mikey Blowtorch, at Mikey Blowtorch on Twitter. And I'm going to be very solemn for this reading, so uh, bear with me. Okay. I had been out partying my balls off and drinking like I was Keith Richards' grandkid. Partying hard and eating street food at 3 a.m. and drunk. The next morning I was sauced. We went and ate breakfast. I had this glorious fucking omelet stuffed with chorizo and covered in guacamole. I mean, this fucker was glorious. An hour or two later, my father, father's girlfriend, brother, and sister-in-law all go to Hobby Lobby for whatever random reason. I was feeling the hangover. It was hitting hard. 
All of a sudden, every bad decision I had made in the last 24 hours landed at my asshole, like Buzz fucking Aldrin landing on the moon. Holy shit, I knew this was going to be the most vile and evil thing I have ever shat in my entire life. I search for a store, for a target. Heaven opens up and angels start singing. I find it and it's beautiful and soon to be breathtaking. I had found a 90% off aisle and it's full of middle-aged Karens. Every last one of them frantically searching for the best offer before the other Karens found it. I engage. Damn the torpedoes. Full speed ahead. I crop dust the length of the aisle with the dankest, wettest, hottest fart to ever glorious birth itself from my ass. I find a safe spot to observe. And what I see next is beautiful. The smell hits and it's hideous. Every last Karen looked like they were punched in the face by a six foot turd. They refused to leave. They fucking refused to lose out on that bargain. They stood there, mirandering in the, in, in the, my moist palpable glory. The faces contorted into amazing looks of disgust and hatred. When I couldn't think it could get any better, I hear my sister-in-law scream. She walked face first into my evil abomination. Tears were streaming down my face. My brother was upset and embarrassed. My father eventually walks into it. My entire family was upset. And that was the worst fart in history. Joe Rogan Podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> You're good? You if seem you good. stay offline, yeah. it's just real life. Yeah. You just have to stay offline. And real life is people who know you, and you're yeah. a great guy. Yeah. You, you just, life goes on as yeah. normal. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, like, all this is a relief, because it's like, just, because that, that video had always been out there. Right. It's like, this is a political hit job. And yes. so they're taking all this stuff that I've ever said that's wrong and smushing it all together. Right. But it's good because it makes me address some shit that I really wish wasn't out there. The key word here is that this was a political hit job. Now, I'm going to delve into a conspiracy uh, that is posted on Twitter, so you know it has to be accurate. But this is a conspiracy. Could be true, could not be true. Um, but I'm going to delve into it. Now, I saw it. This was a repost by uh, Mage Tour. Uh, M-A-J-T-O-U-R-E on Twitter. And I'm just going to go through this. And then let's just, you, you be the judge. Who knows? But it says here, this is a professional attack. Three waves, one right after the other, is not a coincidence. There was good spacing, good timing, so it's absolutely professional. But who was it, you ask? The video compilation of Rogan saying the N-word was dropped by Patriot Takes six days ago. You see in the video and the tweet in the pic at the bottom, and Patriot takes uh, Patriot takes takes credit for it in a statement they released. The statement, the official statement in response to Joe Rogan apology. This past week, Patriot takes republished and brought to the national spotlight dozens of recorded incidents incidents where Joe Rogan used the N word, referred to black people as Planet of the Apes, and applauded a Nazi salute. Among other despicable racist conduct, the video has now received millions of views. This is in addition to the COVID disinformation that Joe Rogan routinely spreads. Enough is enough. Joe Rogan's apology in response to our Twitter post rings hollow. 
Spotify undoubtedly has a morals clause in the contract with Joe Rogan, which would permit his termination for causes. <laughs> we call on Spotify to immediately terminate Joe Rogan. If Spotify has any morals by not terminating Joe Rogan, Spotify will make clear to the world that not only does it approve COVID disinformation, but that Spotify is an inherently racist company. We will continue our mission of publishing videos and exposing this and other conduct. This is only the tip of the iceberg. So obviously this Patriot takes is coming after Joe Rogan hard, but who's Patriot takes. Well, I'm going to go back to reading the story. Uh, they take credit is important and you'll see why shortly. As you can see in their bio, Patriot Takes is partnered with Media's Touch. Who is Media's, uh, Media's Touch? Well, Media's Touch is a professional political organization, a Democrat super PAC run by three brothers. The brothers are Ben, Brett, and Jordan Mizales. All of them have worked in media and have expertise in understanding and manipulating media. Brett was a social media manager for Ellen DeGeneres and is an expert editor, which matters because Patriot Takes works with Media's Touch, and given their expertise in social media management, it's highly plausible that the N-word video was created by Media's Touch. Media's Touch is a super PAC. A super PAC is a political advoc advocacy group with a specific twist. Super PACs may raise unlimited sums of money from corporations, unions, associations, and individuals then spend unlimited sums to over, overtly advocate for or against political candidates. A super PAC can take in unlimited amounts of money and then spend however they want politically. Media's Touch is a super PAC. They can take in as much cash as they want. $4.7 million for the 2020 election cycle and $1.5 million for the 2022 election cycle. So let me recap this. Media's Touch, a super PAC, which can collect as much cash as it wants and is a professional strategy and media firm run by people with deep ties in entertainment, likely had a hand in the N-word video used to expose Joe Rogan. Uh, sorry, I lost my place. Why are they doing this? And what do they have to gain? I think a clue can be found in the letter Patriot Takes wrote about all of this. Patriot Takes is bragging about their millions of views and how they made the video the center of the national conversation. They are bragging about their clout. Rogan is the only guy the leftists can't cancel. If a group could cancel Rogan, it would be a massive show of power. Fake woke people and legacy media groups have been trying to cancel Rogan because he steals their audience. Audience equals money. Rogan also offers his enormous platform to people like Jordan Peterson that woke progressives in media circles really don't like. The group that takes out Rogan would gain a lot of clout and a lot of power. Power equals control. The media political group that can say we canceled Rogan, if we can get him, we can get you too, would become very influential. And that's what this is ultimately about. It's a play for influence and power. Media in America. And there's an acronym here, and I'm not too sure what it means, but it says M most E effective D devil in America. Uh huh. Media most effective devil in America. Anyways, so that's the conspiracy that's going around. They're saying this is coming. 
They're linking ties to a super PAC, and this is 100% a political, highly organized attack against Joe Rogan. And um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, I could see some validity in this. You know, of course, it's a it's an internet post, but you know, a lot of the big news stories that happen start underground with some type of a, 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 a conspiracy online. Is this one accurate? Is this one true? I don't know. You can look into it yourself, but it does sound plausible. And that is the Joe Rogan conspiracy that there's a super PAC that is out there controlled by three dudes involved in the media that are really going to town to see if they can get Joe Rogan because he's been an unstoppable force up till now. And as they said in their announcement, their press announcement, that this is the tip of the iceberg. So, you know, they are going through all of the Joe Rogan material and they are trying. I don't think the first compilation of the N-word is going to be the last. Uh, they'll probably come out with a compilation with some other stuff. Anything they can find that's inflammatory to one political party or the other, um, they'll try to release. So this. I believe it. I, I believe that this isn't coincidence. I, I wondered immediately when India RE had that, 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 that the, the video, I was like, where did she get this from? How did she get this so fast? Who supplied her this video? And apparently, I mean, if I was wanting to do a media attack, you edit that together, you know, India RE is in the news. Everybody's quoting her. You send her that video and let her rant about it. I mean, from that standpoint, from that standpoint, this, that, that is skill. That is, that is, that is an awesome display of manipulating people and hitting the right people to get your message out and NDRE, you know, and then, that, then of course the video from NDRE that got it in the media's site and then it went ballistic from there, but it's interesting. It's interesting. Is this conspiracy? Is there any truth to it? Possibly, possibly. Um, but I'll tell you what, that's where I'm going to end it today. This has been Jake with radio underland. If you like the show, like, subscribe, pass it around, um, hit up your liberal friends, your conservative friends, let them complain about how much I'm a jackass and I'm transphobic, all that other kind of stuff. I really don't care. Uh, but this is Radio Underland, and you guys be do good, be good humans, and I'll talk to you later.